Alright, creatures of the night, welcome to Talking Taker episode 71. Oh my goodness, of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. My name is Alex Dorio, I am one of your co-hosts, I am one of the creatures of the night, and I am joined, as always, for these 71 glorious episodes by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, Mr. Big Shot, Travis White, and Travis, the the rumor and innuendo, man, is that you're going to be leaving this podcast to join something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and, and Conrad Thompson after your guest appearance asking a question <laughs> on the latest episode. That's what everyone's talking about. You're going to be ditching me. Leaving me behind. You're big time now because you're on the big podcast. Uh, I mean, wait, what's the deal, man? Let, let's hash it out. What's going on? <laughs> I could never do that to you. But, yes, it was neat, man. That was fun. They hear That was the first question that they asked, so that was cool. You know, I think you and I both asked tremendous amounts of questions on Facebook and you on Twitter probably. I don't know. I've asked a lot on Facebook, but I think one time – before they might have said something of ours but this was really neat to get the first question there and uh i meant it too <laughs> those of you who didn't know it was uh talking about rock bottom 98 or no, that 97 98 98 yeah that that abysmal uh buried alive match and i said you know if these if these uh graves are six feet deep how tall is undertaker because he must be 11 feet tall so <laughs> bruce kind of entertained it and um it was it was good man it was good. He didn't just crap all over it like he does some of the people's good, funny questions. So I appreciated that. And it was good <laughs> yeah, to get some between clarification that and, uh, on that. Yeah. Yeah, it was good to get that. And between that and being on Russo's podcast and having Tony Schiavone call me, although you met Tony face to face, but True. all we got to do is get the Bischoff next, man. And maybe we can do um, Talking Tech with Conrad Thompson and get us some more <laughs> hundreds of thousands of downloads. I don't know. He's a little busy. He's a little busy. I don't know how he has time to do anything. I don't either. I don't know how we have time to do all this, but we're going to give it our best shot here as we are hitting up on episode 71. We're doing WrestleMania 1-7 right here, or X-7, or 17, whatever you want to call it here. WrestleMania from 2001, as that's going to be the next stop on our encyclopedic exploration here as we are covering... An all-time classic match from an all-time classic show, The Undertaker versus Triple H in the first of their WrestleMania trilogy. This is one I know I've been waiting for. This is one I know a lot of our listeners have been waiting for for many weeks now, so I'm excited to get to it. How about you, my friend? Oh, man, I'm excited about this. Yeah, this is, uh, has there been any other trilogies of WrestleMania besides this and Rockin' Austin? Oh, that, trilogies. That I don't know of any other trilogies. There's been a lot of rematches. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting to look at all the different matches that got rematches at WrestleMania. But, uh, yeah, I think that uh, our listeners may correct us, and we may think of one as we're going along, but this might be it. Yeah, I think this and Rock and Austin are only trilogies that we have. So that's a big uh, big feather in their cap. But, yeah, man, I'm excited about this. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get this build up. Uh, down and out of the way so we can talk about this match it's been one we've definitely been looking forward to and you and i've had a little bit of trouble trying to get this recorded this week so we're pushing burn the midnight oil trying to get this out to you guys uh best we can so um yeah that being said man we're ready to hit this road to wrestlemania arguably the greatest wrestlemania of all time in my opinion so maybe the greatest wwf pay-per-view of all time maybe sure. maybe the peak of the wwe or the wwf 
of all time. I mean, you could maybe make that argument that it's all kind of been downhill <laughs> from this month. It's kind of sad to say, <laughs> but I was trying to think about it, man, and I don't know if it's ever been as exciting as it was <laughs> at this moment. Uh, lots of great moments since then, but I don't know. Sure. It might have peaked at, at this point. I don't know how you feel, but uh, yeah, man. Uh, let's take it back. Hop in the time-traveling motorcycle and take it back to uh, February. Man, all the way back to February of 2001 as we begin this build-up heading into WrestleMania. How do you want to say it, man? X7, 17, uh, XVII? We can go with XVII, but we'll take up a little bit more time on the podcast. Let's go, with, let's go with 17, I guess. Although, it should be WrestleMania 2001, right? Because last year was WrestleMania 2000. Right, so. they skipped uh, 16 through uh, 1999. <laughs> yeah. Right, to WrestleMania 2000. I always hated that. But whatever. Yeah, this is WrestleMania 17. Let's go with 17. It's easier. It's more normal. It's universal. Let's do it. Our listeners in the in the Netherlands can know what 17 is. <laughs> they may not know what X7 is. They know what 17 is. <laughs> no. Anyway, yeah, speaking of, if you... Well... Well, I don't even know where we're headed back to. February, it seems like a whole different thing. We're talking about building up to Triple H and Undertaker here, but I'm going to go back to Raw 405 on February 2601, where Hakishi, that's uh, the team of Haku and Rikishi, those of you just joining in, they're taking on the Dudleys for the WWF Tag Team titles. So um, apparently running in during that match uh, at the pay-per-view last night gets them a tag team title shot. Who knows? But... um. Before that match, Kane and Taker come out to watch from the top of the ramp, and they actually come out to Kane's music, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. That just seemed weird to me. It's kind of weird. Came out to Kane's music, yeah. So, uh, And then the camera just kind of shows them looking on throughout the match, and then um, there's a ref bump, and as you might imagine, they get involved. There's some shenanigans going on, and Taker just lays waste to Rikishi, and Kane chokeslams Haku. And then Devon covers Haku as the ref comes to, and he counts to three, and then Taker and Kane get back in the ring, and they chokeslam the Dudley boys at the same time. So What? Yep. They just get back in the ring and chokeslam them. So that's, again, we're building the Triple H and Undertaker here, but it uh, doesn't seem like it. So, yeah. You know, we and this left is a common off... theme with the entire card of WrestleMania, actually. We'll get to that as we keep going. So. It, it is. We, we left off with No Way Out 2001 with <laughs> Undertaker and Kane losing that triple threat tag team title match because of interference from Hakishi. And now it it really felt like, man, they were teasing that for WrestleMania here on mm-hmm. SmackDown as well, on Raw and on SmackDown, and maybe the Dudley Boys were going to be involved. Uh, dude, I don't get it, man. Like, yeah. you know, uh, we got TLC. We got something very different with Undertaker, something very different with Kane, nothing with Haku and Rikishi here. Right. I don't know what the original plans were, but clearly stuff got shuffled around here uh, uh, afterward. Uh, oh, yeah. As we look at SmackDown episode 80 on March 1st, 2001, <laughs> just a weird one to look back at just the the names involved in this match. A six-man tag with Christian, Haku, and Rikishi against Devon <laughs> Dudley, Undertaker, and Kane. Devon, who they just chokeslammed on Monday. Yeah, so. yeah. They just chokeslammed <laughs> on Monday, and uh, it's just him in this match because... Uh, Edge was injured in the match on uh, Sunday, so that's why he's not with Christian. He was injured in that tables match. So uh, on the advice of Kurt Angle, Christian attacks Bubba Ray backstage. Uh, He hits him with a chair to send him a message, so we end up with this weird six-man tag. And it is weird. It's hilarious because 
Uh, the babyface team just completely dominates Rikishi for the first half of the match. And then, since Devon doesn't have his partner in this match, he gets Kane to do the what up with him. And Kane <laughs> hops up on the top rope, does oh, the diving headbutt. I remember that. Does the was up. And yeah. Undertaker is standing in the corner, and he's, like, rolling his eyes. He is so <laughs> upset at Kane for doing just confused and befuddled with him. He just puts his head in his hands. It's hilarious, man. <laughs> would you say his eyes were rolling, 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 rolling what? I would, all the way okay. all the way to the back of his head, just like the dead man days. Um, oh, man. Uh, the uh, very confused Undertaker eventually tags in and gives Christian another signature giant choke slam and last ride to finish him off. And uh, Christian, I know, man, he gets it every time. Uh, I think well, once he goes in the Hall of Fame, Undertaker should induct him <laughs> and then choke slam him like through the stage. <laughs> last ride him off the stage. <laughs> That'd be perfect. I'd love that. Anyway, sorry. Or just. Have Edge induct him, and then at the end of his speech, yeah. Undertaker just like gives him that look. <laughs> yeah, it's about that time. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's coming. Uh, and uh, yeah, Taker continues to give Kane that look of bewilderment as they uh, ride up the ramp together. And again, at this point, it, it, I have no idea how we're getting to Undertaker and Triple H at WrestleMania. And yeah. again, I have no idea why Haku and Rikishi get completely left off. WrestleMania uh, 17, man, the biggest WrestleMania ever. They're all over TV the few weeks before this. Rikishi's been the biggest, or maybe second or third biggest heel in the company for the past six months. Yeah. Doesn't make it, not even on the pre-show uh, of WrestleMania. Like, I I would love to know who they pissed off <laughs> besides Something us. Happened. And besides, I guess, Undertaker and Kane. They decided they didn't want to work yeah. with him, man. Uh, I mean, trust no me, I idea. didn't mind because I hated Rikishi's heel run, but I love Haku. But I mean, I didn't mind at the time, but it is weird just to, to you know, kind of put all this under a microscope like we do, and then see it not lead to anything. It's just what a what a what a waste of stories <laughs> and and airtime, you know. So honestly, weird. Very weird. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I guess we're ready to roll into uh, a new era here on Dog and Taker. We're going to get a Raw 406 on March 5th, and this is going to be uh, our debut of Paul Heyman on commentary in the company. Oh, yeah. So it's it's really cool because the, the show opens up. I, I mentioned last week's episode that of Dog and Taker that, you know, King and the cat walk out of the company. Well, actually, she gets fired. He walks out. Um, and so, Sad day for multiple reasons. Yeah, sad day for, for commentary, but you know if you're gonna replace them with somebody, why not get Paul Heyman? And just look at the business here. Like we've got the the owner, whatever head head honcho of ECW, is now the co commentator on Monday Night Raw. Like what the heck? It's just it's absolutely incredible. Was to he see. wearing the ECW hat yes. when he came out? Right. Yeah, yes, I remember he was wearing the ECW hat. And I remember just being mind-blowing. Yeah. You know, I don't – you know, we were both online at this time reading stuff online. but And maybe it was spoiled, but I don't remember it being spoiled. I remember just seeing him come out and just, like, my jaw hitting the floor being like, what is going on? Because, I mean, we knew ECW was, was, you know, at, at death's door, but that was still pretty shocking. Yeah, we knew that, and then also online the dirt sheets. You know, the 
we knew that this fusent media group was supposed to be buying WCW with Eric Bischoff at the yeah. helm. You know, we had heard of all that too. So, um, but it's weird because the camera's on Jr. and he just kind of, it kind of pans out, and there's Paul Heyman sitting there, and he actually shoots about Cat Lawler and TNN and ECW and WWF all during his introduction. It's really cool. Um, he's he's just so good, man. And um, again, it's very surreal. And um, but now it's so funny because now in in we have this benefit of hindsight looking back, and we know that ECW is kind of in WWF's pocket, you know. Right. They they kind of borrowed money from them, and uh, back then it wasn't common knowledge even to the the you know the guys in the business. But um, it's just crazy to see him on there. But you know he's going to debut at, on commentary for a pay per view match here uh, during you know what, what we're building up to. But it's just really cool to see him on commentary here, and basically we hear that um. Uh, Taker and Kane are going to take on Hakishi tonight because they want WWF tag team titles and they're being roadblocked by Hakishi. So, oh just... man, it's gonna... <laughs> are we, are we heading towards roadblock. Yeah, oh man, I, into the last... road or into the line, whatever that stupid pay per view was called. It was roadblock. They had it twice in one year. So, yeah, uh, roadblock. And um, I just wrote seriously, like they're being roadblocked by Hakishi. So, anyway, so. I don't know how because they beat the crap out of him last week, and then on SmackDown you just they won that match. So how are they being roadblocked? But anyway, um, we see Taker walking backstage through the semi trucks, and he walks past Kane, and <laughs> Kane goes, "Where are you going, Take?" And uh, which I thought was great. He just calls him Take. So, <laughs> and then oh look I'm at sorry. that. Sorry to interrupt. I, I just got. Uh... Just got cookies delivered from McDonald's on Uber Eats, so my wife's bringing them in uh, to the podcast office. So they're not our sponsor or anything. It's not a sponsored segment, but just like it should be. Oh, I wish it was. They're bringing it to you, man. It should be a sponsor. Oh man. Yeah, I should have got you French fries too. I'm real mad about it, actually. Well, you didn't speak up, so that's that's on you. Yeah, you true. ordered oatmeal raisin. They didn't have them. They couldn't get a hold of you. That's right. I'd offer you hey. one, Travis, but I'll eat one in your honor. Wait, please do. I'll eat it. Yeah, name small, miss small. You know that's why I say. So okay. you got to order those French fries when you want them. You gonna so, take more than one? Oh, I can't come back. That's right. Instead of where are you going, take. I'm gonna say where are you going, Kate. <laughs> oh god. Oh man, Here, that looks delicious. <laughs> They're great. I'm not sure how this is going to make it on the show or not. <laughs> Some of it might. <laughs> That's why. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm uh, done. Oh, man. Done with interruptions. Oh, you're fine. I'm, I'm probably not. Um, we see Taker walking through the semi-trucks backstage, and uh, he walks past Kane, and Kane goes, where are you going, Take? So I just thought it was funny because we always say Taker, which as shortens his name, but he even shortens it one one less. He goes, "Where are you going, Take?" So we should so, be talking Take. Talking Take, I guess. All well, right. we're not that we're not brothers with him, so we're just ah, comfortable true. with him. Um, and so Taker goes to the ring, and then Kane's like, "I think I'll join you." And I just that's it. I don't know. I'm not sure what that was about, but it was great. Nope. Um, and then, um, please. Creatures of the Night. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Takers makes his entrance to this match, and Paul Heyman, on commentary, says, The Brothers of Destruction against the Children of the Jungle. First of all, probably offensive in 2018 to call them <laughs> Children of the Jungle, but is this the debut of officially of the Brothers of Destruction name? 
As far as I can remember, he's the one who coins it because you know we have been using it just as shorthand right. for them. Uh, they called them the demonic duo a lot. Right. Is what Michael Cole and Jr. King would call them uh, so often. But yeah, I think this is pretty much it. Uh, we can thank yeah. the uh, creative genius of Paul Heyman for that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So there we finally got. Like you said, we've been using it because it's just you know people know what that is. But yeah, we we we've been careful to mention they're not actually called that yet. But I think that's what what happens right here on, on March fifth. Uh, so so just thank you, Heyman. That's awesome. So um, I guess we can retire that Hakishi name too. We'll just call them Children of the Jungle or the COJ from now on. So um, anyway, they brawl up the rampway until Taker and Haku make it to the ring, and then the match begins. And it just kind of is what it is, you know, from these two. Um, Kane never even actually tags in. So basically, wow. <laughs> yeah. So basically, Taker beats him. He choke slams Haku, and it's just, in my opinion, it was just an extreme burial. Like this was it. Like I don't know if they took a crap in Mister McMahon's bag or sneezed in front of him. Maybe they, they might have sneezed in front of him, or um, you know, yeah, I have no idea what happened. But that, in my opinion. A tag match against these guys and Kane doesn't ever tag in. That says a lot, you know. So, um, but uh, and I also would like to make another nomination for the Russo Bromit of the week. All right, let's do it. Slash year. Wow. Slash maybe of the entire company. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna put this up there on the ballot. This is the episode of Raw, which a lot of people may not have remembered anything I just talked about, but everyone remembers this next segment. This is where Vincent Mann makes Trish. Walk around on all fours, bark like a dog, strip down to her bra and underwear, and then right before she takes her bra off, he stops her. And I'd just like to say that Vince Russo isn't near a wrestling company at this point. TNA is in the future, WCW is in the passenger, or in the passenger, in the rearview mirror for him. He's nowhere near one. I remember that segment very well. <laughs> yep. I'll never forget it. <laughs> I can picture it in my mind right now. <laughs> yep. But, I mean, are you serious right now? Like... That's gotta take the comp- that's gotta take the Russo Broman of the company, right? I mean, I, I think it has to, uh, <laughs> but I will say, I mean, that's also that's a McMahon moment if there ever was oh, one. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And that just goes to show you, man, it wasn't all uh, that wasn't all Vince Russo imparting exactly. all that. A lot of that is is Mr. McMahon himself right there. So I think that's a perfect perfect representation of what this segment is supposed to be all about, man. I, we, we might have to retire it after that we one, might. man. I don't we know if we can to. top it after that. But We just I, call it the, the Vince moment of because one of the Vince's is going to be... But yeah, you're right. We may just have to retire that segment because that just takes the cake and all the other cakes at the bakery. So... <laughs> craziness and that's going to lead to vince and shane fighting each other at wrestlemania in a match way better than it has any right to be <laughs> yeah. well uh, uh that wasn't the only crappy thing going on that uh people may forget about or like to forget about um smackdown 81 march 8 2001 i just want to point out nothing specifically but you know we all remember austin and rock for being this great match at mania which it was yeah and so I think because of that, we remember it being a great feud. And I think that's partly because we all remember that classic My Way promo mm-hmm. video that they have for the match. But I was just reminded watching some of these shows that in actuality, most of their feud and buildup was about Deborah being the Rock's manager, being right. forced into that role and Austin fighting Austin Rock fighting over Deborah. And it yeah. was actually terrible. 
for the most part up until the last couple of weeks where they finally were just dropped that whole garbage. Yeah, it was, man. You're right. I totally forgot. I blacked out of my memory that she yeah. was involved here. You know, I didn't remember her becoming uh, on screen character until the summertime after he was already healed. I forgot before that he she was involved. So yeah, she gets crazy shoehorned into this stuff and it sucks. But anyway, uh, one other important note before we get to the the big stuff here is that on this episode of SmackDown, William Regal becomes the new commissioner of the WWF, uh, winning a match over Al Snow, who'd been campaigning to replace his friend Mick Foley. Uh, but William Regal is going to become the official commissioner, and that's going to come into play here uh, a little bit for the rest of this buildup, and I'm sure over the next uh, few months uh, as we see him in that role. But Here's where things really start rolling here, kind of out of nowhere. But uh, Triple H <laughs> returns to SmackDown for the first time after No Way Out. Uh, he did defeat Stone Cold in the three stages of Hell match at No Way Out. He defeated the man who's going to be facing the champion at WrestleMania. So that's a pretty big win there. Sure. He cuts, you know, the traditional Triple H long promo. He rants about being in the company for seven years, which is actually longer than Austin or Rock had ever been there at that point. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty crazy. Talks about being married to the most powerful woman in the company, beating everyone in the company, including Austin and The Rock, and yet he's still not in the main event of WrestleMania. He's saying he deserves to be in there. That's what his promo is all about. Well, that gets interrupted by The Undertaker. Undertaker's music plays. He walks on out, and he doesn't take too kindly to all this whining, uh, much to the annoyance of Triple H and Stephanie. And uh, Undertaker cuts pretty great promo here, man. Uh, he, I'll try to summarize it here. He says, um, two things you need to know. First, I don't know if you realize it or not, but you're trespassing on private property because when you walk in between these ropes, you're in my yard. Uh, tells him, tells Triple H, you don't want to be in that yard. Bad things happen in that yard. They've been happening for a long time, for a decade of destruction. Uh, he says, you should know that better than anybody, Triple H. While you were trying to climb your uh, kick and claw and screw your way to the top of the mountain, <laughs> I was burying people underneath that mountain, making it bigger all the time. It's a pretty great line right there. Uh <laughs> Taker says that brings me to my second shoot, point. Shoot right there. A little shoot ski. Um, <laughs> yeah. He says that brings me to my second point. You've come a long way in seven years, but this just ain't your day, boy. Now I heard you say you beat The Rock, you beat Austin, you beat this guy, you beat that guy. Yeah, that's real good. Good for you, Triple H. But I'm going to let you in on something. I ain't the people's champion. I ain't no rattlesnake. I'm the dead man. (laughs) And if you try me, I'll make you famous. Uh, And he brings up a point here. He says, you ain't ever beat me. Uh, Which, you know, there you go. Uh, I don't think he has, from what I can remember. Uh, unless we I can't miss remember. Something. I don't think he's ever beat him cleanly. If he did, it was like a screwy, true job. Because he, yeah, I don't remember them ever um, having a clean finish uh, with Triple H going over. So yeah. Well, that's the crux of this, man. Triple H is complaining because he feels like he de- deserves to be in the main event because he's beat everybody. But the one guy he hasn't beat comes out and challenges him. Man, he uh, Taker says, "I don't." I don't like you, I don't respect you, and I don't fear you, but if you're standing in my yard, I'm going to break you. So uh, 
Triple H starts begging off, acting like he doesn't want anything to do with Undertaker, and then, of course, goes for a cheap shot, but Undertaker sees right through it, tosses Triple H right out of the yard, and sends Triple H and Stephanie scurrying as Triple H's music plays, and our WrestleMania feud is on, baby, just like that. Um, great promo from Undertaker here, and yeah. honestly, a great setup, man. This is everything you want wrestling to be right here. Isn't it weird how it, like, you didn't realize at the time, but in 2011, it kind of mirrors this whole thing. Yeah, I wanted to bring That's that weird, up, man. You know? uh, it, I just thought about that. It's all very similar, and I, I, I totally forgot that. Uh, I remember didn't stand out to me in 2011. It did. That's that what I mean. Yeah, at, yeah, that's awesome. Actually, it makes it even cooler to me. <laughs> it does. I can't wait to get to that after yeah. seeing all this stuff. Yeah. Oh man. So man, decade of destruction. Here we go. We're gonna head into. WrestleMania, and now we got our feud actually going, and WrestleMania is only uh, three weeks away, so, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, we're three weeks out of this weeks point. Away. <laughs> yeah, which, again, it's just strange. That's not the only thing that's changed in the company, but um, the card's going to shuffle. Card's subject to change. So that's going to bring us to um, Raw 407 on March 12th. So um, we get a battle of former WWF Tag Team Champions and members of the Local 81. We get Taker taking on Big Show for the hardcore title. So, yeah, man. Is this Taker's first hardcore title shot? As far as I remember, we had his first hardcore match against Raven uh, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Uh, yeah, now his first shot at the hardcore title. Yeah, so getting the shot of that prestigious title. <laughs> can't even say that. <laughs> uh, but um, So that's what's supposed to happen. And But before the match... Taker's backstage walking up to his motorcycle, and um, Luis Guzman's stunt double and Eddie Guerrero's great-grandpa are working on it there. So um, and it's great because um, wow. as, as Taker walks up, he's like, yo, Louie, or whatever the guy's name is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so great. I'll see if we can find it and put it on social media. But he's like, uh, what's going on? And they're like, man, we're working on the carburetor all day. I can't get it to work. Yada, 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 going on about these mechanical parts and stuff. And Taker gets on there and cranks it up, and um, so must the carburetor must be working fine because he cranks it right up. But um, Triple H runs out of nowhere and just knocks him off the bike and then pushes it onto his leg. So he's kind of trapped underneath it. And then he grabs a chair, and he, a, a folding chair, and he sits on it like he's A.C. Slater from uh, Say by the Bell, sits in it backwards style, you know, with like the little bar going over Taker's neck. And um, he's basically choking him. He cuts Again, he's choking a man, but he's cutting the long-winded Triple H promo here. So of course. It's great. But he's he's basically saying, I'm already famous. Um, I'm going to take you out and cripple you. And then as he goes to walk away, um, he gets up and Taker tells him, you better finish the job while you got the chance, boy. So Triple H comes back and goes to hit him with a chair, but then he stops short because Kane comes barreling at him, you know, running again. And Triple H bails. Big Show then comes from behind and attacks Kane and winds up choke slamming him through a table. And then Taker yells, You'll pay too, as Big Show leaves. So, um, mixing it up with Big Show and, um, and Triple H here, which is going to eventually lead to the Kane and Big Show having a match at WrestleMania. So, we're, we're building this pay per view, the grand, granddaddy of them all, three weeks out. So, <laughs> starting these big feuds, going to blow off the granddaddy of them all. So,. Um, well, it's a little rush, but I love that segment with yeah. Triple H sitting on his sitting on the chair yeah. on his neck like that. It's such a great visual. It is. And, I mean, this whole build up, you know, it's it's awesome. It's two 
two tough guys, you know, being tough with each other and trying to get one over on each other and just, you know, uh, yeah. not running away from each other. Uh, just, you know, doing, I, I, I don't know any other way to say it, man. Just two tough guys being tough. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. It's good. And, um, Speaking of stuff being set up really quickly, this is the night that Shane returns too, and they're going to have that match. Uh-huh. Uh, he challenges, or it's going to set up his match with Vince. So, um, also just want to mention a little talk and taker moment here is that before the main event of this episode of Raw, we get a classic WrestleMania moment. They kind of flash back, and it's WrestleMania 12 where Taker beats Diesel. So, thought that was pretty cool. As um, WCW is getting a, a door nail or the last nail in their coffin mm. um they're going to show taker beating you know one of their stalwarts there and wcw and diesel so um because honestly six days from this night of raw is wcw's last pay-per-view so uh, greed. greed we yeah, watched man. that together we did dude it was great great show man great underrated show, show. <laughs> some great jason, matches on that show jason jet man absolutely Good the, the queewee <laughs> yeah. um, um Man, you can uh, listen to Undertaker and Diesel in our archives and the Talking Taker yeah. archives back there. We talked about that one. Was that a? Did that make your top ten of that era? Uh, I believe it did. Yeah, I think if it I'm did not mistaken. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's good did. match. Good match. It Go is. check that out if you haven't heard that one before. As we uh, roll on to this WrestleMania here, uh, SmackDown '82, March fifteenth, two thousand one, and after those events of Monday Night, logic here, man. Uh, the Undertaker. Is backstage, wait, sitting on his bike on the garage, waiting on Triple H to show up to get his revenge. Man, I love it. Uh, it's just, he's like a cowboy, man. He's uh, he's gonna handle his business, right? He's not gonna wait <laughs> yeah. around to the ring. He's just waiting on Triple H to get there. Uh, so we get various segments of him sitting on the bike backstage. Uh, Kane walks up to him, and this is some of that segment you were talking about earlier. He's like, <laughs> "What's up, man?" Undertaker says, "Waiting." Uh, Kane says, "Waiting on what?" Undertaker says. <laughs> Just waiting. <laughs> uh, and Kane tries to talk him out of it. He says, like, you know, there's other ways to handle this, man. And uh, Taker looks at him and is like, since when did you become the voice of reason? Uh, love it. Playing into their history with each other. Uh, Taker tells, uh, Kane says he'll wait with him, but Kane, or, well, Kane says he'll wait with Taker, but Taker says, no, nah, I need to handle this one on my own. Uh, and Undertaker promises to get a shot in for Kane, uh, get revenge for him uh, from Monday night. Uh, we get another segment, and a little while later, Undertaker's looking around in the parking garage for a weapon and grabs a lead pipe. Uh, the commissioner, William Regal, comes out later on to try to talk some sense into Undertaker. Uh, he, he asks him if he'll come inside and try to sort out his problems with uh, Triple H. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love the face. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. It's the best. Oh, sorry. Uh, Undertaker, of course, ignores him and suggests that Regal gets out of his face before he does something he doesn't want to do uh, and just starts tapping like that pipe on the floor. <laughs> that's, uh, he wouldn't that's resort to those measures. Come on. Yes. Not an animal. Um, Finally, Triple H and Steph's limo arrives, and Triple H starts to get out, but Undertaker runs up to it, and Triple H hides back in the car. Uh, Taker steals the keys out of the front seat so the limo can't drive away, and then starts bashing in the windows with his pipe. Uh, and Triple H and Stephanie run out the other side, and Undertaker kind of circles around them as Stephanie screams, 
And then we realize that the cerebral assassin, Triple H, has outsmarted the Undertaker here. He has played Ooh. his rage against him because police, sh- uh, police cars show up quickly and form a barricade as uh, Taker realizes he's been screwed over. And he gets arrested for the second time in the history of our podcast, I believe. Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe it's the second. It might be the third time. Uh, he did Second or third. Corporate ministry days, Yeah, uh, I remember. Um, but he says... Uh, he remembers. He says, go ahead. I've been there before. Uh, as they uh, <laughs> start to read him his rights, he tells them, yeah, I know. I got a lot of rights. Um, the triple doesn't care. No, nah, he did. Triple H. Well, let me interject real quick. Yeah, go you ahead. know, Stephanie doesn't want to rob with him again because last time she did, he was like, where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> she has some, uh, some traumatic memories here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Triple H tries to ease her mind. He tries a new catchphrase here. I don't know if this one's going to catch on, but uh, as the police lead Undertaker away, Triple H yells out, See you in the can, dead man. See you in the can, dead man. See you in the can. <laughs> oh, my God. That, is, that deserves a yikeroni. <laughs> That's awful, man. See you in the can, dead man. That sounds like a parody of a wrestling promo that's yeah but well, that'd probably be on Monday Night Raw next week exactly um, yeah <laughs> I, I, some of that script in 2018 yeah. uh, well that's not everything here <laughs> is he in the can is he put him in a toilet I don't understand oh <laughs> uh, anyway that caught me off guard <laughs> I don't blame you um, Triple H and Stephanie are going to uh, barge into Mr. Regal's office later on uh, and demand that uh, they press full charges against the Undertaker for his actions uh, Kane is not happy about what happens to his brother, so he demands a match with Triple H, and Commissioner Regal obliges. So that's the... I think it was the main event. Anyway, it happens later on in the show. Motorhead is actually in the front row for this match. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lemmy's right there. He gives Triple H a hug as he comes out. And uh, it's a pretty long match. Uh, they fight around ringside up to the stage. They finally get in the ring. Big Show comes out to get a closer view of everything, and... Uh, Big Show eventually gives Kane that stupid final cut maneuver that he was doing around this time. I hated that move, man. When Shane Helms used it, it was great at the cruiserweight, but when he used it, it was awful. It looked terrible. I don't know. I don't know. Well, he does it on the outside while Steph's distracting the ref, and then Triple H gives Kane the pedigree for the win, and Big Show gives Kane a choke slam for good measure as these two feuds still kind of intersect here uh, going into the last two weeks heading into WrestleMania. Yeah, man. Crazy. Like you said, last two weeks and WrestleMania card is still taking shape very quickly here. Um, so speaking of that, this is Raw 408, March 19th, 01. And I don't know if the writing crew was on like speed or cocaine or what they were on, but buckle up, man, because this one's going to be a heck of a show. And um, Let's do it. Again, the night before uh, is WCW's last pay-per-view, so I don't know if they were inspired by that and just like, hey, let's just – <laughs> go write some good stuff or what i have no idea but um i'll try to get through this briefly but this is a if this is for what i remember this is a brilliant uh, show from top to bottom so anyway um kane interferes in big show versus raven which allows raven to win the hardcore title off big show so now you know they got this little triple threat feud basically here so and raven's got the hardcore title now for one of his 27 reigns he's the he's the winningest hardcore champion of all time so or has the title the most? That's a little stat nowadays, but it wasn't back, wasn't quite that, quite that high at this point in his yeah. career. But um, anyway, 
during Vince and Shane having their contract signing for their street fight at WrestleMania, again, which was built up starting last week, uh, Triple, H, Triple H comes down and beats the crap out of what will become his future brother-in-law and um, beats, beats a mess out of him and hits a pedigree <clears throat> on him. Later on, we're going to see Taker arriving on his chopper backstage, and uh, old Bill Regal approaches him and comes backstage with a bunch of rent cops and some paperwork, and he's like, I got some things to discuss with you, and Taker's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, like, just give me your paper, it's probably a restraining order for Triple H, and um, Regal's like, no, actually, it's for Stephanie, so you can't come within 25 feet of her, um, and then he, um, tri- excuse me, Taker tells Regal that they're going to gonna have to have a little heart-to-heart later on, so he says, I know that you're the one who dropped the dime on me last week and ratted me out to the cops. So that oh, Regal you... dropped the dime? He did Rey Mysterio's move? <laughs> barely he did. I can't so, imagine that. Me neither, but uh, yeah, he, apparently he dropped the dime on him, so whatever that means. And uh, said he ratted him out to the cops. <clears throat> and uh, Taker goes, you know, you know what? And in my book, that makes you an endangered species. And in my world, snitches, they're a dying breed. So okay. <laughs> he didn't say snitches get stitches, but he said snitches, they're a dying breed. So um so again, he's got he's can't come within twenty five feet of Stephanie. So then, Triple H is going to ask Regal for a match with Test tonight as payback for Test defeating Regal for his European title. So, Test is the European champion, and he's like, you know, I'll get back at him for you, you know, and uh, I guess to pay him back for that and dropping the dime and getting uh, Undertaker uh, arrested. So, okay. anyway. Then later on backstage, Triple H approaches the Big Show and says, you know, if you want a shot at Kane, you should go after his brother Undertaker. And then, so basically, it's just funny because Triple H is already playing his politics backstage, like in real life and on camera. It's just kind of funny to see that. Uh, Art imitating life uh, from what we know. Um, So then, Triple H is going to take on the European champion, the Excuse me, European champion in a battle of Steph sloppy seconds is what I called it. So they didn't call it that <laughs> sloppy second match, but that's what it is. So um, after Test takes a shoulder bump on the ring post, which is now just a transition move to commercial breaks in 2018. Back right. then it used to mean something. Yeah. Um, we hear Roland through the PA system, and Taker walks out and he's just shaking his head like a disappointed father that found you, you know, doing something inappropriate or letting him down. He just comes out, he's shaking his head, and he's heading down the ramp. And Big Show comes from behind to attack him. And as he goes to swing the chair at him, Kane comes out, snatches it, and clobbers Big Show in the head with it. So Taker then sends Kane down to chase Stephanie through the crowd. So remember, he can't get within 25 feet of Stephanie. Right. So he but sends I Kane. Never Kane. Said nothing about Kane. Exactly. So he, he being Kane, chases Stephanie out through the crowd. And now that she's gone, Taker's got a wide open lane to Triple H. Mm. So he gets in there and, uh, Casually takes off his sunglasses, takes off his beanie, gets in the ring, and then he just starts throwing his suit bones at Triple H, man, just pounding on him. And uh, he gets Triple H up for a choke slam, but Big Show comes back in and makes a save, and Triple H gets out, gets away up the ramp. Um, Tess then gets back into the ring and spins uh, Taker around to basically say, "Why'd you interfere?" And he eats a choke slam as well. So Taker's <laughs> way to go. Yeah, he's taking out everybody. So what are you um, thinking, dude? Come on, yeah. test. But I just think that it was cool little piece of uh, I don't know. It's, it's cool little storytelling there. So, um, so after the commercial, we're gonna get something very, uh, a very infamous shot. A lot of people remember backstage. We see Kane holding. I'm gonna do air quotes here. 
for Stephanie over his head, <laughs> the top of the balcony of the arena. Now, I don't know if it's a blow-up doll, if it's a cardboard cutout. I don't know what it is. But it's it's not certainly Stephanie. not Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> it's certainly not a human being. So <laughs> it's a lifeless form of, or a sandbag or something. But he's holding Stephanie, quote-unquote, above his head on like the balcony of this backstage area. And Regal comes up and he's like, Kane, Kane, put her down, put her down. And Taker's like, you know, he'll put her down, but Kane wants a match with Big Show at WrestleMania. And um, he's like, okay, fine, fine, you got it. And then Taker's like, you know, and I want a match with Triple H at WrestleMania. And Regal's like, no, no, no. And he's like, all right, Kane, send Stephanie on down. What, what, what do you want? I want a match with Triple H at WrestleMania, one-on-one. I can't do that. What? Put it down, please. Hey, send Stephanie no, down here. No, please. No. You've got what you want. You've got your match. i got a match with Triple H at WrestleMania. Yes, you've got your bloody match. Now put it down, please. I'm begging you. It's a good decision. So, uh, <laughs> um, Great line. Which gets a huge pop from the uh, the crowd there. <clears throat> the Regal's like freaking out. No, no, no. You've got the doll, Stephanie, above his yeah. head, and Stephanie is somewhere behind the scenes, like screaming. Yeah. Her, vo- you hear her voice. Yeah, you hear but her. You don't see this body moving like, at all. Ah, no, ah, put me down. Ah. But like, yeah, you just see him. I don't, it may not even be Kane holding. It may be a cardboard <laughs> cut out of Kane too. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But anyway. Um, Regal's like, okay, 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 fine. I'll change my mind. You can have your match with Triple H at Mania. So, um, again, as hokey as that part was, I just thought it was a really brilliant piece of storytelling. In my, just something we I haven't seen in a little while, maybe since Russo left, and they kind of threaded that stuff throughout all the shows, which right. has been a relief because those were exhausting shows to watch. But this is just cool to see. And also, I want to just mention a sidebar here. Um, this is also um, an episode of a. Uh, of Raw, where I believe it was the Dudley Boys, um, they were late for their match, and so Edge and Christian come out and, and, and actually win the tag titles from the Hardys <laughs> with Rhino debuts here, and the last ECW champion ever debuts uh-huh. here. And then later on, we see um, also Austin wasn't at the arena yet, so Coach goes to the um, airport to see if Austin is there when his plane arrives or something, and then he also sees the Dudley Boys walk the Dudley boys come walking by and he's like what happened they're like oh someone changed our travel arrangements well it turns out it was Edge and Christian and so they finally get to the arena and the Dudleys um finally get their their match they were supposed to have so they take on Edge and Christian and they beat them for the tag team titles on the same (laughs) night when Spike Dudley debuts so we had Edge and Christian the Hardys and the Dudleys all hold the titles on the same night which is kind of neat I totally forgot about um, that but also, uh, this is when I think is Rock is Rocker Austin was late. They had their their plane was late or something, so that's why Coach was there. But again, I know we're talking Taker, but all of that was just really. I wanted to put all that over because it was really cool. And again, like I said, we get the debut of Rhino um, and Spike Dudley. So just just ECW talent is infiltrating, is slowly creeping into WWF. And in about a week, um, we're going to get WCW creeping into. <laughs> Not yes, creeping in, slamming their heads through the door. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, craziness, craziness, craziness. What I, I told you guys, buckle up for that episode. It was nuts. Times they are changing, man. Uh, yeah, everything's changing here. The the whole business is changing. And that's why I said on the uh, Royal Rumble episode, two thousand one, maybe the craziest year in WWE mm-hmm. history, right here, and professional wrestling history, uh, possibly. And 
I'm glad you brought up the Austin Rock stuff because it is starting to to get a little bit better here. Something I wanted to bring up on this episode of SmackDown, March 22nd, 2001. There's this sit-down interview between Rock and Austin uh, with JR in the middle between them, and it totally redeems everything crappy uh, with the Deborah stuff. Just totally Mm -hmm. makes up for all of it. My goodness, man. This, This segment, this promo should be shown every single day to the to the people in the class in developmental uh, honestly oh, yeah. to the people on the main roster for that matter <laughs> and quite frankly maybe Vince McMahon should go back and watch it if he wants instead of apologizing to the fans and saying they're going to do something different and then doing the exact same thing dude Vince and Vince I know you're listening I know you're listening out there <laughs> go watch Somebody, Eric Bischoff's listening yeah he is go watch Smackdown episode 83 on the WWE Network, watch this promo between Rock and Austin, and just see, remember how wrestling is supposed to be done, man. This promo is it. This segment is it. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's everything I want, man. Everything I want is out this, of wrestling. This is one where Austin's like, you don't understand. Like, I need yes. that title. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, man, we should have seen it coming. It's heel turn coming. In high, like, looking oh, back at that. Yeah, they it's totally awesome. built it up. Uh, and it's so believable. It's so great. It's so serious. Uh, it's just perfect. Um, yeah. Which is funny compared to this other thing I wanted to bring up. We'll get back to Undertaker <laughs> in a second, but uh, got to do a got to do a segment of Raising Kane here. Uh, oh sure. We've been talking about it, but I just wanted to fill in completely how we got to Kane versus Big Show versus Raven at WrestleMania because uh, it's a weird thing on paper. But here's how it all finally comes together. You've mentioned some of this build up, but sure. Uh, Commissioner Regal is going to force Y2J, uh, the guy he's feuding with, to face Raven in a hardcore because match. Because of pee-pee in his teeth. Exactly. That could <laughs> be started a, two weeks ago. That could have been a Broman of the week right there. Um, <laughs> they're going to fight in a hardcore match, Jericho and Raven. And they fight into William Regal's office. Uh, Jericho shoves Raven's face into a pile of crumpets on uh, Regal's oh, no. desk. <laughs> Oh, no. And then Regal interferes and breaks a vase of roses over Jericho's head. And then Raven, who's been blinded by the crumpet icing in his eyes, (laughs) (laughs) he accidentally knocks out Regal and pins William Regal to win his match against Chris Jericho. Uh, (laughs) I don't even know what's happening. And then an angry William Regal punishes Raven by making him defend his title, his hardcore title, and a triple threat against Big Show and Kane at WrestleMania. One of my favorite hardcore matches of all time. It's great. And And actually, the next month is probably my favorite hardcore title match. Man. That's awesome. I I can't believe that. I don't know if Raven takes questions on his podcast, but someone needs to ask him about that segment right there. That is hilarious. So anyway, uh, back to our boy, uh, Undertaker and Triple H. Triple H is going to ambush Undertaker while Taker's strolling around backstage. And uh, Taz Keeps is obviously... Strolling. Yeah, strolling around. Taking Keeps that casual. Strolling, strolling. <laughs> strolling, strolling, strolling. <laughs> Taz on commentary is obviously suffering from some sort of con- uh, concussions because he says, I've never seen anyone do something like that to the Undertaker. <laughs> I mean, happened last week. Taz hadn't been on commentary that long. Maybe he just doesn't remember. I don't know. I guess. So uh, we get back from commercial to see Taker uh, stalking Triple H uh, again into his dressing room. And a couple of those Keystone cops from last week are waiting (laughs) for him back there. Um, 
Taker says, hey, I know what my rights are, and I waive all of them. Uh, so uh, the cops have trouble getting the cuffs on the Undertaker. Uh, Taker's just rolling with the uh, with the jokes here, dude. He says, <laughs> but if that was a donut, you could get them on there. <laughs> I love this Undertaker. Dad joke Taker, man. I know. Uh, <laughs> Because he goes on to say uh, he's going to violate more than the law. And he, he turns oh. to Stephanie and says, what's it like oh. to be married to a man who doesn't have a set? Because uh, at WrestleMania, this plate of bacon won't be there to protect you. As he <laughs> gestures to the cops. A plate of bacon. The plate of bacon. Oh <laughs> oh. Stephanie decides that uh, she's not sure if she wants to press charges or not. So uh, the cops are going to have to just sit and wait with Undertaker until they decide what to do. Uh, so that's going to lead to... Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Undertaker and Kane were supposed to fight Big Show and Triple H in a tag team match. But since oh. Undertaker is you know pending arrest, it's just going to become a handicap match here. Uh, so Taker, we see him backstage. He's forced to watch the match while sitting there in handcuffs. And Kane fights pretty hard here. No matter what Big Show does to him, Kane keeps sitting up, man. Gives him choke slam, keeps sitting up. Uh, I think he hits him with some weapons or something. They double team him, and uh, Kane just keeps sitting up. But finally, uh, Triple H and Big Show double team him, uh, and Big Show gets the pin on Kane. Uh, they get a chair in the ring. Triple H does a pedigree on the chair. Uh, they're just decimating Kane, and Undertaker just can't take it anymore. Uh, he stands up. He's still handcuffed, uh, but he just uh, elbows all the police officers, knocks them all out, uh, even though he's handcuffed. And we hear his Ron Simmons impression again. He <laughs> just looks down at him and is like, damn, <laughs> and runs out, <laughs> starts heading oh. to the ring. He knows he's going to be in trouble, but he's got to save his brother, man. Uh, the brother he fights with every other month. but Right. Um, Triple H does the thing that he's, we saw on Raw a couple weeks ago. He sits down in that folding chair across Kane's throat, starts cutting a promo on him. Uh, but Taker makes his way to the stage. Uh, the cops keep chasing after him, and Undertaker keeps assaulting them, uh, continuing to break the law. <laughs> but um, we find out he's not actually breaking the law here uh, because... Uh, as Taker gets in the ring, he tries to fight Triple H and Big Show, but uh, it's a fool's errand because he's handcuffed, and they uh, they beat him up, they destroy him, and then the cops come out to the ring and start restraining Undertaker as Triple H grabs a mic, uh, and Triple H, again, cerebral assassin here, he's playing into that. He says, uh, you probably figured out by now these aren't really cops. I sent the real cops home a while ago. These are just a few friends of mine. Uh, so they had... In Street Posse. <laughs> That would have been great. It's just Pete Gass with a fake mustache on. That would have been awesome. So good. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, he, Triple H instructs the cops, quote unquote, to handcuff Kane as well. Uh, Triple H chokes out Taker in the ch- with a chair in the corner. And then Triple H goes for his real friend, uh, the Sledgehammer. Uh, yeah. It's ironic here, as we mentioned all those episodes ago, Undertaker was responsible for yeah. the Sledgehammer being introduced to Triple H uh, in that casket match, I believe, with uh, with The Rock. And Triple yeah, H used it to beat up The Rock's casket. And now it's going to come back against him here. Um, Triple H delivers a Sledgehammer to the head of the Undertaker and busts him wide open. A big Show choke slams Kane and uh, heels are on top here, man. Triple H says, I told you, I warned you, 
And now, I showed you. At WrestleMania, Dead Man Inc. goes belly hot. Man, that was a lot of stuff. That's good stuff, man. It's intense, That's man. That's it's getting intense. hyped. Uh, you want to see these guys slug it out at WrestleMania. It's a, it's a real serious blood feud here. Yeah, I mean, it's literally been a week build, right? A week and a half build or something. And it's still, but it's more intensity packed into this week and a half than they can do nowadays in four weeks between pay-per-views, you know? It's just crazy. Um, well, talk golly. about crazy. Here we go. Talk, yeah, speaking of crazy, here comes the craziest episode of Monday Night Raw that has ever happened. Um, this is Raw 409. <laughs> Cleaning spray. Anyway, <laughs> cleaning up the competition. <laughs> cleaning them up. Four on giddy up. Four on nine. So, um, <laughs> March twenty sixth. Man, do you remember? So, so do you? When did you first like? What do you remember about uh, seeing the WWF was buying out WCW? Man, what, <clears throat> what are your memories of that? Well, I mean, uh, literally the week before they talked. I mean, Bischoff was on. Nitro on like a like an audio call. Remember, he had yeah, like an audio yeah. call through the PhD. He's like, you know, just to let you know we're you know getting the money together, and Fusion Media is going to be buying it. And, you know, next week's going to be a night of champions. You know, all the title titles will be defended. They'd already had that set up, you know. And I guess the goal was to take a break, and then swiftly, like a thief in the night over the weekend, <laughs> like I remember just reading. I don't know if you told me or what, but I remember just reading like, no, WWF is buying them, and we're just we're just both. Flabbergasted, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Jinx. So I mean, there's no other word for it. It's just like I, I just don't get it, man. It's like it's like seeing Sonic the Hedgehog on Nintendo right now. Like you just don't, <laughs> honestly, man. Like think about it. It's just weird. Yeah. Like you don't see that. You don't see uh, Pepsi Coke. Like you see Pepsi or Cola if, or if, Coke. If Marvel <laughs> just uh, all of a sudden bought out DC. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Batman and Superman. They're gonna be in the Avengers uh, next, yeah. whatever the next one's called. <laughs> like, exactly. They'll be they'll be in Avengers Endgame in, you that's know, it. in the next yeah. couple months. They'll uh, they'll be the ones that help you know re, re undo what Thanos did. You know, like it's just like that's just it's that's how surreal it was to us wrestling nerds. You know, us marks. Like it was just blew my mind. Like I've always, I've always mentioned. I mean, I was a WCW guy from day one you know I, I love the WWF especially in this year but like I still you know, and I think those last three months of WCW were some of the best stuff they had done in a year and a half since 99 I mean those last three months were they were fantastic in my opinion I mean the ratings don't show that but I remember all the Cruiserweight stuff and all the main events it was just it was fun yeah so you know it wasn't it, die. It, was it still had its issues but I think sure 2000 WCW was so bad and so yeah, many people exactly. tuned out after that, that uh, people, I think people don't remember or forget or weren't even watching, and they just lump 2001 yeah. WCW into that, and, and that's what ended up driving out of business. But there was some fun stuff going on yeah. back then, especially with the cruiserweights. There was a lot of great, mm-hmm. which all, there always was, but there was in this time too a lot of great cruiserweight stuff going on. A lot of fresh faces, the new blood, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the natural born thrillers guys. There was some fun some, stuff going some on. Some ECW guys trickled in, too, these yep. last couple months as well. Yeah. So Booker like, T uh, was still doing great stuff. You still had yeah. uh, DDP there. Big Papa Pump. was yeah, He was a great heel, uh, great <laughs> heel champion there uh, for that run. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's underrated those last, really last three months of WCW yeah. here. And, you know, we enjoyed that last pay-per-view. But 
Yeah, it, it was so out of nowhere to hear the WWF was buying yeah. them out that weekend. Just reading that online, being shocked by it. And, uh, you know, I vividly remember, just, I think we were on the phone the whole night. Uh, we were. This episode, <laughs> watching Bra we and Nitro, the simulcast, flipping in between them, not knowing what could happen. Man, I don't know if it's ever been more exciting than that. I know. It was crazy. So, you know, I'm covering Raw here, but there was obviously an hour of business beforehand that it transpired on nitro you know because nitro was on from eight to ten at this point i think and uh just two hours they cut back and so those some you know stuff had happened an hour before but none of it involves taker so i'm not going to touch on it but um it's just weird too that the go home show for the greatest wrestlemania of all time the go which is basically also the go home forever show for wcw (laughs) it's just you know you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, I guess, to borrow a, a song that would have been popular a little bit before this time. But anyway, this is simulcast for all, man. Like That's what I'm covering here, and I'm excited because um, I don't know what else we could say new that hasn't been said before, but it's just crazy. Um, we've been through, you know, as we cover Talk and Take, we're covering the business as well, you know, from November 1990. You know, we've seen the beginnings of Raw itself, you know, being a one-hour, basically, uh, jobber, jobber fest. We take her in the main event of episode one, and you know, we've seen the beginning of Nitro, the Monday Night Wars, the takeover by WCW of the business, you know, the craziness of Russo's booking style, the retakeover of WWF, you know, um, WCW's demise, and we, we've gone through every single July we've gotten to here on Talk and Taker and kind of recapped what's going on, and can't do that anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's official, so. Yeah, and that's why we're doing this podcast about The Undertaker, because who else has been there through all of that, through so much different stuff? You know, there are, of course, people that have popped in and out for for segments of it, for chunks of it. You know, you could say Hulk Hogan has been a part of every era, you know, sort of. Uh, He'll pop in and make an appearance, but no one has been so integral and such a pivotal part of all these different things and we're going to see more and more changes over the next uh, 17 years that we're going to cover uh, here Mm -hmm. on this show and it's just you know he's the uh, cornerstone he's the one guy that's there through it all yeah absolutely so um all that aside you know we're getting we're we're we're, um, going home to wrestlemania here in a couple days and uh vince is on the phone backstage with steph and he he tells her and Triple H to enjoy their vacation. You know, they, they get the week off before Mania, the rest up. And he's booked Taker and Kane to face Rock and Austin in a tag team match. So, again, four of the major players, you know, I take those four guys and maybe put Mick Foley and then Triple H right underneath that as the, ma- the main six guys for the Attitude Era, you know. And this is, some people would call this, you know, this this WrestleMania the, the end of the Attitude Era, you know, because WWF is one. But um, right. it's amazing that the go-home show, uh, you know, f- for this Mania has, the main event's going to be Taker and Kane versus Rock and Austin. That's just nuts, man. What a match. Yeah, so um, we see a replay from what you just recapped about SmackDown and that sledgehammer shot, and uh, JR tells us that Taker got 16 stitches after that. So, um Backstage, we get the Brothers of Destruction interviewed by Hermie, and uh, he's he's asking what Taker thinks about Triple H having the night off. And uh, <laughs> uh, Taker's like, "How's it made me feel? If you were Triple H, you wouldn't take a night." Or he said, "If you were Triple H, wouldn't you take a night off as well?" He said, "Dang right, you would." He said, "But <laughs> guess what? I'm a patient man, and he can hide behind McMahon. He can hide behind that skank old lady." <laughs> <Yee>. <laughs> 
and he can hide behind the, all the police that he wants, but he can't hide from the fact that WrestleMania is six days away. Sixteen stables and the taste of my own blood made me hungry, and the only thing that's going to stop this hunger is these soup bones right here covered in Triple H's blood. So, getting that vampire taker back out. I love it. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, he then goes on to, you know, basically warn Rock and Austin that, you know, if you're not on the same page, you might not make it to Mania. And then he uh, says, you got anything else? And Hermie just kind of looks at him and goes, I didn't think so. <laughs> they walk away. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, good stuff. And then investigative journalist Michael Cole interviews Austin backstage about the match and Cole just literally stares at him. It just walks away. It doesn't even answer. It was probably a shoot. It was not a pre-tape. It was probably live. Austin's like, you're an idiot. Just walk away. So, yeah, I love that. And then, um, so later on we see Rock and Austin having a really intense conversation about teaming up. But, you know, of course they're like, you know, when the match is over, all bets are off. And um, the main event here, <clears throat> again, like I said, Brothers of Destruction versus Rock and Austin. And, uh the um kane enters as and then taker rides out and then rock comes out and austin comes out and then jr even says well basically what i just said you know is that you know this has the four of the most popular men in the wwf and he says maybe even four of the biggest superstars in the history of a wwf so absolutely you know, and some people that. would yeah some people would say kane may not be but you know he's he's iconic man you know he didn't have his no one's going out and getting the best of Kane, you know, matches DVD or anything. But you know, are you like, kidding me? It's, I have one of those. It's, it's <laughs> he wasn't seen no evil, so I did see that in theater. So it was good. But anyway, I mean, just saying, like, even you know, Jr. is saying that here, and he's right. You know, it's a fun, really quick match, basically. Not probably not even six or seven minutes, but Taker chokeslams Austin and gets him up for. He's going to get him up for the last ride, but as he does. Of course, Mr. Vacation himself, Triple H, runs down, hits Taker in the back with a chair, and so uh, I'm not sure where he vacations. He vacations close by, I guess. And then um, Austin covers Taker and pins him six days before WrestleMania. So oh, interesting. Taker takes the takes the loss here, and Triple H bails, and we get a close-up on Taker's face, and he's just basically burning a hole through Triple H with his eyes. So that's how we leave uh, that go-home show of Raw. And again, like I said, the last raw of the Monday Night Wars era. So goes off the air. Um, Taker's burning a hole through through him, and that, and that's about it. So. And that takes us to SmackDown here, The uh, just a few days before WrestleMania 17, March 29th, 2001, episode 84. And it's going to kick off with Triple H and Undertaker here. Triple H starts the show off with Stephanie and uh, some cops. I guess they're cops. I don't know if they're his friends. I don't know what they are, but uh, they come out. Uh, to, to guard Triple H, uh, I have a I have a thought of why Kid Rock had to change his music from, or they had to change music from Kid Rock to Limp Bizkit. Why is that? Well, it's because Kid Rock is smelling pig from a mile away. <laughs> you had to. You can't help yourself. I can't help it. Uh, I can anyway, smell a pig from a mile away. Exactly. It's also wow, Jeff Jarrett's wow. theme song. <laughs> In WCW, cowboy. <laughs> anyway, uh, Triple H he gets right to the heart of things here, man. This this segment's awesome. Uh, we're getting back to what this feud's yeah. all about. Triple H says he asked a simple question a few weeks ago: How can you be the best in the business and not be given a title shot at WrestleMania? Uh, he says that question offended someone, and uh, the person who answered my question was someone whose ego overrode his intelligence. Uh, he's talking about Undertaker, mm. obviously. 
says Taker's without a doubt a legend, without a doubt a phenom, and without a doubt he made the single biggest mistake of his career uh, when he said that I couldn't beat him. Uh, and a great heel line, he says, up until now, um, I've never, uh, I, I may not have ever beaten Undertaker, but I've never really tried. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that's perfect. That's perfect, man. <laughs> He says, Taker's been doing a lot of talking and a lot of bleeding, and he's been doing uh, a lot of butt-kicking, on the other hand. So, uh, at WrestleMania, it's all going to come to an end, because Taker will get a chance to play the game, and when you play the game, you're going to lose. So, Undertaker, of course, has something to say about that, so he makes his way out to the stage, and uh, kudos to the fans in the crowd. There's like a whole row, and every fan's holding up a letter that spells out Dead Man Inc. Uh, oh, out nice. there. Uh, really well done. Kudos to you guys <coughs> 17 yeah. years ago. Uh, and Taker cuts another good promo on his side, too, man. He says, let me see if I've got this right. If I play the game, I lose. Is that right? Um, well, let me give you a little bit of history lesson. You know, when I was just a little bitty dead man, I had to go to school just like everybody else. Unlike everybody else, though, when it came time for recess, they used to send my little home. You know why they sent me home? Because I don't play games. <laughs> there you go. Dad joke taker. Giving you a run Rudolph. for your money, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> So Taker goes on, uh, he's saying, uh, you must be pretty proud of yourself for those 16 staples you put in my head, uh, but uh, you, you're you in my yard, uh, You know, goes back to that again, uh, and says, uh, sometimes when you hop over the fence, you wind up in the dead man's yard, and that dog in the yard, it, it don't move. So what do you do? You move a little closer, and that dog still sits there. You move it a little closer, and that dog raises up its head. And that's when you realize what that that's what that dog wanted all along. So now you're standing there, Triple H. You're too scared to fight. It's too far to run. And that, my friend, is when this dog gets his bone. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He is feeling it, man. He is, man. Big dog in his yard. So he's like the dog from Sandlot, then. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> What's that dog's uh, name? I don't know. Oh, God. Can't remember. Cujo, <laughs> the Beast, I think. Is what the, they call beast, it. the Beast, that's right. Yeah. Well, uh, Taker starts making his way towards the ring, and Stephanie starts screaming, reminding Taker he's in violation of the restraining order if he gets any closer. And Taker says, "Princess, shut your face." <laughs> <That's> really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, he's so good. Um, Taker says he made a few phone calls tonight. The uh, first one was to a lawyer, and the second one was to a bail bondsman. Uh, so if I go to jail tonight, rest assured, I'll be out in 12 hours. <laughs> and uh, the third call was to 911 because he believes Triple H is about to be in the need of some medical help. So that's mm. aw- awfully considerate, man. Sure. Uh, Taker goes after Triple H. Uh, he sh- heaves Triple H into the cops, knocking them all over, wears out yes. Triple H. The cops can't hold him back. He continues to just... Uh, destroy Triple H. Triple H bumping like crazy, finally flies out of the ring, and the cops arrest Undertaker as Triple H and Stephanie cower out of fear. And uh, just a great, great heat segment here building up. WrestleMania, man, getting you hyped up for it one last time. Oh, yeah, man. That's good stuff, man. I remember all that pretty vividly, so it's just fun to go back and revisit this, especially because it's, like I said, it's a match we've been looking forward to, to covering 
here and glad that glad is finally here man so well triple h gets one more thing in here on this show uh just when we think that's going to be the end of it oh yeah later on we hear undertaker's music play out in the arena about halfway through the show roland comes on but it's actually triple h coming out he rides yep. undertaker's motorcycle onto the stage he brings out stephanie who is wielding the sledgehammer and so the uh cerebral assassin strokes his hammer and demolishes mm. the Undertaker's bike. Uh, he then looks off to the side of the stage and wheels the bike all the way no. off of it, just completely no. destroying this beautiful Titan bike. And it's a great segment, man. Triple H and Stephanie never say a word. They just let their actions do all the talking Perfect. here. Perfect. I love it, man. Yeah. He didn't need to cut a 20-minute promo. He already cut one, but uh, yeah. didn't need to say anything else here. Uh, he just does it. Uh, and... Uh, it's a great final touch, final punctuation mark uh, on this build-up into WrestleMania uh, to build it up even more. Uh, yeah. But uh, we'll say at this point, I do think we've already seen more people steal or destroy or desecrate Undertaker's bike than we ever did with the urn or the casket. That seems Probably. to be the go-to every single month now. So we're getting a little bit played out, but whatever. These two guys make it work. Well, he seems like he doesn't learn, you know. No, from his. <laughs> it's also just an easy go-to, you know. But but this was really cool because I don't remember anybody really demolishing his bike like this. Not um, quite like that. At, at this point, so um, do you think it's where Triple H got his ideas for his last several WrestleMania entrances when he comes out on the motorcycle? Uh, he's inspired <laughs> here. Yeah. <laughs> he dug back into the into the archives. So. I think you're right. Would credit yeah. Undertaker for that? Absolutely. <laughs> Why not? Minute everything else. So, well, man, that brings us to WrestleMania um, X seven seventeen XVII, whatever you want to call it. You know. So, are you ready to do this thing? April first, two thousand one. April Fool's Day. <laughs> Houston, Texas, where uh, I guess that's why yeah. they've been announcing Undertaker as from Houston. You know that hometown pop. It makes sense now. You know, honestly, because remember last week or week before we were talking about how we didn't. You know, really realize why or anything, but it probably honestly, Vince was like, "Oh, dadgummit, <laughs> pal, yeah, it's gonna be in Houston. You're from Houston. <laughs> You're from Houston so, now." Yeah. So anyway, um, this is the first WrestleMania held in Texas, which I thought was kind of yeah. neat. Not um, the last. Not the last, no. But the first, and it won't be the last because they'll probably go back to Dallas every oh. three, four years. Yeah, I, think <laughs> I would, so. I would imagine. They can probably bounce around between uh, MetLife, uh, Orlando, and Dallas every third year and be fine. I think fine. that's pretty so. much the plan, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. This is just uh, such a good show, dude. In in so yeah. many ways, I feel like it lays the template for kind of what the modern WrestleMania is sure. and has been ever since. We've seen WrestleMania evolve on this show as we've been covering all of them since WrestleMania 7 and you know, it was a very different type of thing WrestleMania was back in 1991 when we covered our first one. It's become mm-hmm. this this huge giant mega thing and and we've seen some elements of it on some of these other ones but i think it really comes into place here at at, at 17 that i think all the elements are in play here yeah yeah the the look of it the feel of it the card all of it the the um set you know the set and the entrance way the ramp being so daggum long which is perfect for our character here we're covering so but um yeah because we didn't cover um to WrestleMania 16, you know, because he wasn't on it, but that one has, they started the fan access stuff back then, I, I think, that, yeah, or the, yeah. 
And uh, I remember they broadcast them on TV and stuff. And this one, I think they still had it. Um, but this is what, like you said, they're really getting into what WrestleMania is going to become uh, and what it is, what it is now, and just how much of an entertainment aspect and all the cool stuff it brings to the the city it's going to be held in too. So. Really, really neat. And this is also the debut of, like I said, our new commentary team for pay-per-view here on Talking Taker. We got JR and Paul Heyman. So, man, I love King, but it's really nice and refreshing to hear somebody else like Paul Heyman here. So he's, oh, God, he's yeah. great. Paul Heyman, he's great. great in many different ways than the King was. So uh, yeah. great to have him here. He's going to add a lot uh, in this very short time that we're going to see him. Yeah, and again, we can't speak about this pay-per-view without speaking of, again, I hate to I hate to put these guys over, but Limp Biscuit make this show, you know. I mean, between Roland and between My Way and the video, and it's just thank yeah, goodness like, we get that, and it's not cut out of the uh, yeah for real. Can you imagine how awful that would have been if it was a different song playing behind that Rock and Austin promo? That <laughs> would be trash. But, yes, um, I can because we've seen it so many times. We've seen <laughs> the music cut out. I can imagine how awful it would be. Jeez. <sighs> I thought that was rhetorical, but that was a real question. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what, though. Th- this whole show, top to bottom, is awesome. TLC yeah. match is great. Hardcore match. But I think one of my favorite matches of all time is the match that precedes this one. The gimmick battle royal, dude. I, I love it so much. I watched it again yesterday watching this match. Every year, I pray to the good Lord above that we might get another one. I know. And yet, we still have not. I don't. What was so special about 17 that we needed a gimmick battle royal? You know, like, why not have it every every other year? Why can it only be one? It's like the Highlander, man. It can only be one. I'm ready for it. I, uh, I, I honestly thought we would get a WCW battle royal when WrestleMania came to Atlanta. I was yeah, for sure we, in my we, brain we all, we all that did. was going to happen. Yeah. And I was so sad that it did. Because it was 10 years. It was 10 years after WCW closed that WrestleMania was in Atlanta. It was like, perfect. WCW Battle Royal. Nope. Exactly. Man, and and the commentary is Heenan and Oakland Ah, for that. Could you imagine if they just stayed ringside for our next match? (laughs) For Taker and Triple H. Oh, my goodness. That would have been so awesome. We got to be hanging back on commentary, yes. dude. <laughs> like a decade later, it'd have been awesome. Oh, stop! Uh, stop making me excited for things that didn't happen. <laughs> Let's talk uh, about something that did happen. Motorhead playing Triple H out to the ring. Lemmy's, we are Motorhead. <laughs> we are Motorhead. We gonna kick your ass. I uh, did. As a 15 year old kid, I have to admit, man, I grew up on country music and. When Motorhead started playing Triple H's music, that was literally the first time I had ever heard of or seen the band Motorhead. <laughs> I had never heard of them before, and I'm ashamed to admit that that I had never heard of this legendary band. But dude, they were awesome here. They were, man. I, I mean, I I knew who Motorhead was, um, but I wasn't a fan. I, mean, I still don't celebrate their catalog. No, or anything, I wouldn't but say that. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, I love the Triple H my time song that's my favorite of his of his entrance musics but um this one is just perfect man and having motorhead do it have them sing it here live and, and in living color was awesome and it's always weird to me when the heel gets that you know the live performance kind of like uh, punk did same punk did back at wrestling 29 against the undertaker i think right. it was but um what's it about him getting the heels over with his <laughs> with the live performances but I don't know. But anyway, but it still rules, man. It just freaking rules. And Triple H is barking out like a 
kid in the candy store too when he gets on the the uh, the, the ring post and he's pointing to to Lemmy and stuff. It's just great. But one thing that bugs me bugs me about Lemmy and his his microphone's like above his head and it's like hanging down into <laughs> yeah. his mouth. It's like I don't understand it. Is that someone who is that's how he likes know, it, man? I never sang my show. He likes like to that. sing up tried. into it. Yeah. yeah. It does, man. But there's also something to be said about a lead singer slapping the bass, too. Like, True. He's not playing guitar. He's not playing drum. He's slapping the bass up there. I love that, dude. you got to respect that. So, um. Such a great part. It gives it this really big match feel. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it does. Awesome. Um, and not to be outdone, dude, Undertaker gets cool entrance here as he finally mm. gets to really rev up that motorcycle for a good yeah. two seconds. <laughs> he zooms <Yeah>. down the <laughs> aisle. <laughs> Gets it up to like 15 miles an hour, man, going uh, heading down that aisle for the first time, uh, which is always cool to see at these stadium shows. Yeah. Now he he opens it up wide, man. He does. For, you yeah. know, like you said, short of the distance it is, it's still a long distance for anywhere else to walk. So he um he gets to open it up real quick there. This was nice to, to hear and see. I just remember how epic that was to, to watch because I don't I, – I do not – remember watching this live i know i remember renting it later i had this on vhs actually downstairs in my garage um hopefully that picture will be on uh facebook or twitter by the time this comes available if nice. not we'll build it on afterwards so yeah. yeah in fact little caveat here or a little not caveat a little sidebar um years ago before the network um i found these these vhs's and i had my dad convert them to dvd for me mm. in his living room well, when you do that, you have to listen to it. And he he gave it back to me later. He's like, son, there's a lot of cuts in them. <laughs> he's like, especially at the very end there, you know, he's like, there's lots of stuff. Because that, that's when Austin turns heel, you know, and JR's going bananas and like, you know, that son of a, and everything. So my dad was like, son, I just don't know how you watch this stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks, dad. He's not wrong. To he's not. No. <laughs> But anyway, so I have this on VHS and uh, made at home DVD. So. Nice. I have the uh, official DVD, but uh, I have that as well. They, they all work. Yeah, it's all yeah, good. They yeah, do. absolutely. They do. But um, you didn't get this live either, did no, you? No, I didn't, didn't watch this did. one. No. I didn't really start doing that till uh, watch the next the next couple, year. Uh, yeah. and then we started kind of doing it every year after that. But yeah, I got this wait, DVD. Wait, wait, wait! Did y'all watch this out. at Kevin's house? No, not this one. Mm-hmm. No, that was nineteen. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, anyway, wait. dude. I just want to say when uh, um, Taker comes out, man, he points his finger to the crowd, man, like like he's like he's a uh, Babe Ruth, man. He's calling a shot. I just love it. He just points out to the crowd and did he really point out it. to the production area where they're gonna head up here in just a few minutes? <laughs> that would have been great. I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. calling a shot. But, but Jr. is like Houston's own Undertaker, so again, it all makes sense here now. And he he really does get a big hero's welcome, man. Oh yeah, this um, crowd is all the way live. Yeah. Um, these two guys, they don't waste any time, man. That's no. one of my favorite things that I've learned about The Undertaker through doing this podcast. We've seen it so much. Is he just, he goes, he doesn't wait around, man. He, he, nope. uh, so many matches we've seen, they just start fighting out in the aisle way. And that's what happens here with Triple H. Even before the lights go up and the music starts, yeah. they are fighting outside by the ringside area uh, because they hate each other and they've right. been giving each other sledgehammer shots and chair shots and uh, been arrested in a restraining order so they don't have a lockup and a test of strength. Right. <laughs> they throw fists at each other. Yeah, exactly. And it's just funny because those first few years of his matches we, we covered were all him turning his back and the, the 
person attacking him yes. from behind. Yes. And now as we transition to him just not giving a crap and he beats you up in the aisle way. He beats Learned you up his on lesson, the outside. Man. Yeah. He did. It took him nine years, but he got it. So <laughs> um but yeah, and then they start they start fighting out there and then Taker takes a butt bump through the Spanish announce table, which I guess was it a new table that they had put up because it one broke earlier? Yeah, I forget. Or something? I guess, I think it was maybe this Shane and, and Vince match. Yeah, the yeah. Table I think broke. It was. So there's a cheap little there's table. A regular folding table. <laughs> Taker's or Triple H not supposed to go through it, but he just sits on it and goes yeah. right through it, man. It's like the earliest <laughs> yeah. table spot I've ever seen in a match. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, JR at this point tells us that Taker is eight and at WrestleMania, so um, as they roll into the ring, the match officially begins. But yeah, that's is that the first time we really get it as as a stated as a thing? No, or was that last year? They well, they've mentioned, mentioned it two at, years ago. I think even I want to say WrestleMania 11, like they they mentioned, yeah, he's undefeated right. at WrestleMania. But this is when it really starts coming into play. Right. They, it, it, it has been mentioned before. It has been brought up, but yeah, this one is uh, where we really start talking about it every single year. Yeah. But even though it's not really part of the storyline yet. Uh, sure, still not part yet. Of things here. Um, we'll, uh, there's a lot of play-by-play here. Uh, we'll try not to just wear you down with all of it, but just to tell the story of the match here. Uh, they get back in the ring, and uh, uh, Undertaker does another one of his signature spots that I didn't realize until we started doing this podcast. But every time, man, he's uh, got somebody in the corner, and the referee starts counting them, and Undertaker just gives the referee a look. Uh, Mike Chioda, yeah. in this case, and the referee just backs up. Sometimes they take a bump just off the Undertaker yeah. looking at him a lot of times. I love it, man. I love the consistency yeah, from the Dead Man days all the way to this. Yeah. He's still got that part of his repertoire. Yeah, absolutely. He never changes that part. It's great. Yep. And, dude, Dribble H takes this huge back body drop that – only AJ Styles takes him like this nowadays. Man. Well, it is phenomenal. He's playing Ric Flair in the first five yeah, minutes of this is. match. He is bumping all over the place, whipping his hair around. Uh, it's uh, it's really funny to see. You, this is uh, Triple H. He was arguably one of the best workers at this point. No career. doubt about it. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. It's a shame what happens to him next month, and uh, he's never the same afterward. But at this point, 2000, 2001. Those are his years, man, in the ring. He's incredible. Well, if Rock and Austin are one and two, these guys are three and four in yeah. the company, man, or one A and, and two A. I mean, you can yeah. even argue that. They go on second from the top here, and mm-hmm. they're just as important, just as pivotal. You know, they don't mm-hmm. have the title, but, I mean, you could put them right there in with, with Rock and Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like I said, not to give too much play-by-play, but um, – Taker gives a running power slam, and JR's like, oh, he's going to go for a tombstone, but he doesn't. So. Yeah, something we brought up before. Yeah, and Heyman mentions then, at this point, he's like, I've known The Undertaker since he broke into the business, which is probably true. I mean, I don't think he's lying. Yeah, I think he no. literally didn't know him since then, back when he was old uh, Texas Red or whatever he was. <laughs> so, um, but uh, it's just neat. But then Taker goes, he's, he yells old school. You know, as we said, he only coined his own catchphrases here. Uh, and uh, he goes up to the top for old school. But Triple H, you know, that wily old veteran, he throws him into the middle of the ring. Yeah. He throws him a long way across, so which is pretty cool. So Taker's going to start trying to work over the neck uh, area of The Undertaker. He gives him that neck breaker that he used for a finisher <laughs> very, very briefly. Um, and... Uh, does uh, gives him another neck breaker and does my one of our favorite spots ever. He goes for a pin and gets two, 
And then he keeps going for pins. He keeps shoving her, taking yep. his shoulder down. Uh, that classic flare move again here. I, I love it. It's my yeah. favorite heel thing ever. Just keep <laughs> going for the pin. Just keep doing I it. I know. Uh, and I say it every time. I wish somebody would win by that way. Somebody <laughs> yep. should win that way. The person kicking out is getting gets out of gas or out of win. They can't kick out anymore. It'd be perfect. So. Well, well, things start to get out of hand here as uh, Triple H is arguing with the ref and then heads outside and just literally just throws Mark Yeaton over the guardrail, the timekeeper, <laughs> yeah. and grabs his sledgehammer that was hiding behind the timekeeper's table. Yeah. So he already brought it out there. Oh, one thing I want to mention, Stephanie's not out here with him because of the restraining order. So yes, that's point. a key component. So he can't rely on her to do his dastardly work. He's got to resort to, you know, hardwood, I guess, here, his toy. <laughs> well, Jr. <laughs> has to stop himself from making this pun because <laughs> Triple H grabs that sledgehammer and holds it up at holds it up erect at his crotch and yeah, JR's you can like, you can see in the camera shot he's just like oh, I really want to say something here <laughs> yeah. I can't say it <laughs> yeah it's definitely very like unintentionally suggestive um it's weird to see but he gets in the ring and Triple H basically just throws Mike Kyoto out of the way which should have been a DQ but um, and he goes to hit Taker with it, but Mike Kyoto grabs a hammer from from out of his hands, so he doesn't ruin the match, I guess. So Kyoto's excited about the match; he wants to he wants wants see these guys go at it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, Hunter tries to tell Kyoto, "That's my hammer," but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my hammer. You had some ketchup or his harsh browns. <laughs> Taker turns uh, Triple H around. Uh, Triple H reverses that, goes for the pedigree. Taker reverses that and does yeah. the uh, patented toss. Uh, one, oh. Another one of our favorite moves. Yes. Tosses Triple H into Mike Kyoto, squishing him into the corner uh, there. So, uh, But that, that that's not what knocks Mike Kyoto out. He's only phased by that. Right. He's only phased by that. He gets a two count because uh, Mike, Mike Kyoto recovers. And then Taker just stands up. Kicks Mike Kyoto and then elbows him in the back while he's laying on the ground. And JR's like, well, he's Taker's guilty as sin there for hit, attacking the referee. Um, so Yeah, the baby face knocked out the referee yeah, right here. Right. But all he did was kick him and elbow drop him. One stomp, he must, one elbow. <laughs> he must have punctured a kidney, <laughs> a lung. <laughs> He must have severed some discs in his spinal column. He, I'm not sure, ruptured a spleen. I don't know what happened because when he hits that one kick and old one elbow drop, Mike Kyoto is as good as dead for the rest of the match. He's legally dead for 15 minutes, I believe, uh, here. It is It is comical. And I, like, it is. Honestly... It's I I can't give this match like five stars or anything because, just of, because of how absurd <laughs> how absurd like, he doesn't move. It's not that he's right. like hurt and like selling his injury. He just lies on the mat face down for almost the entirety of the rest of yeah. the match, completely motionless. It's hilarious. <laughs> I, I did I had completely forgotten about all that. Me too. Totally forgot about it. Well, that's going to allow Taker and Triple H to feud out into the arena here. Undertaker tosses Hunter outside, and uh, Heyman confirming on commentary he believes Undertaker has criminal intentions here. Uh, Triple H 
broke his $30,000 bike, put 16 stitches on his head. He says Undertaker doesn't care about the match. He just wants to inflict pain on the Undertaker uh, as they start to fight into the crowd. Yeah, they go, you know, Attitude Era style, brawling into the crowd, and they fight up to the quote-unquote technical area, I think JR says, which is where all the sound mixers and cameras are and stuff, and usually at a house show or even a televised show nowadays, that's where all the tarps are. (laughs) That's where all the... People that don't come anymore. Yeah. God. (laughs) That's where all the Dell monitors were at this point, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny to see all these old, giant computer monitors out there. Yeah, but, man, the crowd loves this part, man, because, you know, they're getting, you know, when your favorite superstars and wrestlers are out there with you, it's awesome. And uh, Taker is bouncing his fist off Triple H's um, <clears throat> Probuscus, that's what JR says. Come again? Probuscus, which <laughs> must have been on the Word of Day calendar, but I'm going to have to go ahead and correct him. It's actually a Probiscus, because uh, being someone who used to teach about this kind of stuff in high school, um, yeah, that's what a mosquito has. I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> you I can. Don't, I don't know what either one of those are. So. <laughs> Probiscus. Uh, yeah, it's like a mosquito's you know, long snout, basically. It sounds so. like a pretentious cracker. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> is, is that like a, 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 a very arrogant white man? <laughs> white uh, savior? Yeah, William Regal. <laughs> okay, a proboscis. He's a bit of a proboscis. <laughs> Anyway, that's our word of the day from Vince's calendar. He likes to so. eat uh, uh, proboscis with his crumpets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he has great poupon on his proboscis. Always. So. Uh. <laughs> what, ha- uh. <laughs> what happens in this production area, Travis? Oh, well, they fight up to the rig in here, and then Triple H nails Taker in the head and in the back with a chair over and over and over again. I did not remember him hitting him that many times. Yeah, he lays it in, man. Yeah, it's, it's not – I mean – it's not a work. Those aren't working hit shots there. So, And then he goes for another one, and Taker's going to goozle him. And I'll let you take it from here. This is a fantastic sight to see. Undertaker catches Triple H in the goozle, lifts him up, choke slams him off of the staging. And uh, the way they shoot it at first, it seems like Triple H looks like he fell 20 feet. Uh, but the replay show, he actually only falls maybe like five, six, seven feet maybe. Yeah. On a padded platform uh, also, but still. Oh, no, no, it's a concrete floor. Excuse there. me, yeah. <laughs> still, it is a very cool spot. Uh, yeah, and especially And the way they shot it uh, made it look really good. The replays kind of gave it away a little bit more, but yeah, uh, that was cool. What takes it even a step further is <laughs> Taker just says, screw it, and he stands up and drops a flying elbow off the top of the platform on the Triple H down there uh, on the padding below, and that really takes it up a notch. That was awesome. It was, man, and I honestly had forgotten about that elbow drop. I remember the choke slam like it's Me yesterday, yeah. but the elbow drop, I, didn't have, I, I forgot. And you know what? Thank God he didn't hit Mike Kyoto with that elbow drop. Um, <laughs> He'd be in the hospital. <laughs> He'd be six feet under. He would be. Or three feet under. Or 11 feet under. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. Why well, referees such wimps? So, he can't take any kind of beating. So. <laughs> anyway. But, uh, yeah, he started, he hits that huge elbow. Then he just starts wailing away on Triple H's head. And they eventually make their way back to the ring. They're, well, they're walking back to the... The EMTs uh, come and check on them while they're uh, yeah. they're laying out there. Well, they should have been checking on Kyoto. Uh, they check yeah, exactly. Triple H and Undertaker instead. Someone get that man an EMT. So, um, 
But yeah, um, at this point, they're walking by some uh, some signs that says or a sign that says "Welcome Home Taker," which I like to point out the unique, unique signs in the audience. That was a really good one. So it's kind of hard to follow them on the way back to the ring. You don't really see them until Taker just kind of throws Triple H over the guardrail. And like you said, man, he's he's doing his best Ric Flair impression. Hunter is. So oh, yeah, I love it, man. I love it. They get back in the ring finally. Um... Uh, Undertaker looks to the corner and finds oh, the sledgehammer yeah. uh, still laying there, uh, along with Mike Kyoto, literally dead. <laughs> he, he, I mean, he has got to have suffered some sort of brain damage from being unconscious <laughs> from this long. He's been in a coma for 15 minutes. That's not healthy, man. It's not. It's not. Uh, uh, Paul Heyman doesn't care, though. He says on commentary, who cares? It's just a referee. They're subhuman. <laughs> He says to JR, can you even name a referee that you like? Oh, yikes. I challenge him for this day and age. Can you even name a referee? True. The only one they I don't can have name names. is Mike Kyoto. Yeah. He's <laughs> the only one I can name nowadays. Or, um, uh, Charles, excuse me, Charles, Charles Robinson. Chuck Robinson. Um, CR. Well, Undertaker grabs the sledgehammer. He uh, points to the yeah. scar on his forehead that Triple H gave him a few weeks ago. And Undertaker goes to just absolutely murder Triple H with the sledgehammer. Yeah. Like, reels it back uh, to try and actually hammer Triple H down. But thankfully, Triple H uh, gives Undertaker a Death Valley kick to save his life right here. <laughs> yeah, he does. So he's trying to murder two people in one match. So, <laughs> yeah, but and then um, Triple H comes to take her with the hammer as well. He's got it now. He eats a big boot. And then we go just to slugfest. I think even. Uh, I think Paul Heyman, I didn't write it down. I think he says, this is what they call good old-fashioned slug time, I think is what he says. Oh, good old-fashioned so, slug time. I think it's slug time. So I was, yeah, never mind. I'm going to leave that joke aside. So anyway, um, Triple H actually gets Undertaker up for a tombstone, and Taker reverses it and winds up hitting the tombstone. Yeah, so, which we have not seen really here in this uh uh, era. This era of Taker, man. He's been yeah. all about the last ride in the choke slam, and now we get a tombstone out of nowhere. Very cool yeah. for WrestleMania. Very, very neat to see him. I guess he's used it at every WrestleMania then, and that I guess that's probably so. Because, um, uh, but unfortunately, Mike Kyoto is still out, so <laughs> um, he can't count the, the three there. So um, then. Uh, Taker is going to go for the last ride to put him to put Triple H away and. As he does this, Triple H sneakily reaches down and grabs that sledgehammer, and I love what happens next. It's cool. Such a cool spot. Uh, Undertaker lifts up Triple H for the powerbomb, and you all remember this. Uh, Triple H has mm-hmm. got a sledgehammer in his hand and just whacks Undertaker over the head with it, busting that those stitches wide open, man. Uh, and Triple H gets a great near fall here. Two and nine-tenths as Kyoto has finally revived just in time <laughs> to count this pinfall, but not enough, man. Uh, great yep. false finish. Easily could have believed it. Such a creative oh, yeah. spot. I don't know which guy or which writer came up with it, but it's an awesome, awesome moment. And the way Taker sells it, he just collapses. Like, And, and Hunter falls right on his chest. Like, It's just, it wasn't pretty, a pretty bump but like that's what made it really cool looking it made it realistic you know um he just you know he doesn't flat back but he just kind of collapses and then triple h falls right on him and then like you said ref only gets two and we see taker he's busted open triple h is beating on him in the corner the turnbuckle and he's going up basically doing like a 10 punch standing on the middle rope 
Yep. And uh, this is where we get the debut of, you know, something that we're going to see from, from now on. And, you know, Triple H is punching him in the head and Taker just reaches down into his guts, I guess you could say, and gets one last uh, uh, hurrah for this match. And he winds up lifting up Triple H for the uh, last ride out of the corner. Gives him a big old wedgie as he lifts him up like he does and nails the last ride out of the corner right into the center of the ring. Gets a three count at 18 minutes and 19 seconds, and that hometown crowd just blows up, man. Huge ovation here. Yeah. As JR notes, and we'll note here, The Undertaker goes to 9-0 and in yeah. the WrestleMania streak. Big win over Triple H, a, a much-needed yeah. win, I would say, uh, and a yeah. much-needed performance from Undertaker. He's, you know, he's still been top guy. He's still been Taker. He's he's still been up near, uh, you know, had some main event matches near the top of the card. But, man, this was a, a breath of fresh air. Uh, easily, oh, yeah. I, I think you would agree, best match of this run uh, so sure. far since his return. Uh, yep. I would say maybe probably the best since... Maybe since those uh, his matches with Shawn Michaels, probably his best in years, man. Uh, in my mm. opinion. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it, man. You might be right. I mean, the, that second one with Kurt Angle was really good, but this is that one this is really definitely good. this yeah. is definitely the best one in this you know biker taker era. So, um, man, it's good stuff, and uh, it's just really like I said, it's a great a great first chapter in in their trilogy. And I didn't realize how many callbacks in their other two matches. You know, it calls back to this match because yeah. I didn't go back and watch this match before they wrestled in 2011 and 12, um, or even this year multiple times. But uh, it's just a lot of callbacks to, to this match in those, which is really neat. So um, uh, he celebrates. He you know, got blood trickling down his face, and he gets on the motorcycle and like it burns it up the rampway again, and gets to the top of the ramp and raises that fist to the hometown crowd and soaks it in. The crowd loves it, and it's just. It's crazy to think how WrestleMania is set up. A lot of times nowadays, you have that filler match. Like if this were nowadays, you'd have had this match, then the gimmick battle royal, Probably. then Rock yeah. and Austin. But the crowd is still hot for Rock and Austin. They didn't need a come down spot. That's what they call that match in between. It's the come down spot. Like they, they don't. They didn't need that here. They had the gimmicky, hilarious, you know, uh, one, and then they had this, which was could have been invented, and then they have the main event, you know. It's just, it's amazing to see that. This made me think that the problem nowadays, it's not that the shows are too long, because this show was four hours. It's not that. It's that the problem is the stories. The problem is the storytelling yeah. uh, that's going on before the match, during the match, after the match, because these the this is a whole show that the crowd is hot for the entire time mm-hmm. all night long they're into every match every match is different every match tells a different type of story and a different type of story with with guys that people are invested in so you can do a four-hour show you can do a six-hour show if you've got people that uh, characters that people are invested in and you got 
guys that know mm-hmm. how to tell a story, and these guys do. Uh, Triple yeah. H Undertaker definitely did here. Uh, a yep. must watch if you've never seen it before. Uh, a great match and, and a great, like you said, great kickoff to a trilogy and a, and a rivalry that we're going to revisit uh, yeah. over and over again a and <laughs> a little bit more uh, in the in the months to come uh, here yeah. uh, in a different formation as we keep uh, rolling, rolling, rolling all the way through The Undertaker's Last Ride on to Backlash 2001 on next week's episode. So we'll talk about that as the Brothers of Destruction begin a feud with the two-man power trip love the two-man power trip so uh, it's a shame it got cut short because of his injury but um good stuff yeah we'll look forward to covering that and um we go back to uh the curtain here maybe next week maybe <laughs> we're gonna try to get an episode out next week so for chris in time for um well i guess it'll be right after christmas right so um right between christmas and new year so we're gonna do our best with our with our schedule and our um, busyness we have going on we'll, we'll try to get that out but if not we'll get it up sooner after that and um, may have to take a hiatus or something if we do right a couple weeks or something maybe we'll see yeah, what happens just be on the lookout folks we, we try to get these out to you every Friday so I would encourage you listeners out there if you're not already to go subscribe uh, that's the best way to make sure you get every episode without missing one uh, on this journey uh, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, uh, other services as well. Those are the main ones. So go ahead and hit the subscribe button, and you can guarantee you'll get every episode delivered to you as soon as they post. Uh, I don't post them on social media until Fridays, but they do go into the podcast feed usually Thursday night. So you can get a little bit early, make sure uh, you don't miss an episode. And uh, yeah, with the holidays going on, we're going to do our best to get an episode out next Friday. It may be a day or two late, uh, or uh, we'll let you know on social media if we need to postpone it beyond that. We're going to try to get it out there. That is going to be our next one, no matter what, though. It's going to be back in 2001, so you can go ahead and watch along with that one uh, and join us for it. We'd love to hear your comments on this one, your memories, uh, your moments there of WrestleMania X7, of this feud, of this rivalry between Undertaker and Triple H. And you can let us know on those different podcast services. You can leave a comment there. But we'd really love for you to connect on social media, at Talking Taker, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Very active on all those. We love to chat with you and interact with you. We thank all our fans out there for interacting with you. Uh, I know the Bottom Line podcast is going to be excited uh, as we talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker intersecting uh, yet again here. Uh, and encourage you to check them out on their journey as well. And yeah, uh, thank you they bought guys. A shirt from us, didn't they they did. Thanks for supporting yeah. us. Uh, we do appreciate it. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that dollar we made. Uh, I'll pass it on to you, man. <laughs> Let's put it back in the pot. Man. Okay. <laughs> put it in the getting some new stuff. But uh, yeah, and also, didn't you, you ask somebody for, for, or you asked about our people's memories about this this match and i think turco uh responded to and then he, he remembered the kyoto taking that long nap during this match too <laughs> <laughs> i'm yeah. about to go take one myself after this oh yeah me too um, it's late i was gonna say something else um, not a dirt nap though no not a dirt nap um shoot oh uh of course this is friday before christmas so we do uh want to wish merry christmas to everybody and happy holidays to all our listeners out there, we thank you for joining us. Hope you get a very, uh, have a great uh, wrestling present-filled <laughs> Christmas out there, if that's what you want. You know, uh, appreciate Travis. You got me the Shawn Michaels unreleased DVD. I'm excited to pour into that one. 
uh, after the holidays. Appreciate it, my brother. Yeah, man, absolutely. And you got me, The Undertaker um, graphic novel, so I can't wait to read that on this holiday break. I have a couple days off for Christmas and New Year, so I'm definitely going to re- read that one. I'll, I'll give my report to you give guys. Give us a book report. Yeah, absolutely. I'll write a book report on the typewriter, Ding! and I'll give it to you guys. So, anyway, man. It's been a lot. It's been a great show to, to cover. We've been looking forward to this one. Hope you guys are looking forward to it as well. If you were there in Houston, Texas, the hometown of The Undertaker, I keep forgetting to say if you were there in the last couple episodes. But anyway, if you were there, please let us know. If you were the dude holding the Welcome Home Taker sign, let us know what you guys thought, what your memories are of this show. But other than that, ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. I'm right here. Let's do this thing. I'm right here. Come on. Come on, I'm right here. Oh, oh, Hey, I know what my rights are, and I waive all of them. Come on. The rest is We got everything under control. You all bet that was a donut you could get it on there. I want y'all to enjoy this. You are? Very much. You, you violated no the law. I violated the law. I'm going to violate more than that. Hey, Steph, why don't you tell me something? Why don't you tell me what it's like to be married a man who doesn't have a sick? Tell me what. Hey, what? 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 H